1: Say What is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Rosca Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now, here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Rosca Jr.
2: Hello, everyone. I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 131 of Say What?, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including California's war on parents. Policymakers believe the state, not parents, holds authority over children when it comes to sex and gender issues. But families are pushing back.
0: They are pushing back indeed, George. um, As we recently stated in an article that the City Journal was kind enough to publish for us, um, a promising revolt has begun finally in California. Seven school districts there have recently passed what are known as parental notification policies. And George, they can't come soon enough. As many parents are discovering, uh, the local school board happens to be the one place where they can affect positive and immediate changes in their children's public school lives. If, George, the state's going to allow it. That's the question.
2: Gavin Newsom's always meddling in our local affairs.
0: He is indeed. We should probably give some background about parental notification policies. We've talked about these in the past, but Basically, the big idea is is that when certain things happen in the public school, parents ought to be told about it, right? Yep. Things like um, your child is being bullied, or, heaven forbid, they are bullying themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, more frequently, though, unfortunately, in today's society, we're seeing kids um, suffering from suicidal ideation. Obviously, this is something that parents would want to know about. And these are written into parental notification policies. But the one that has really gotten the media's attention is this last point that is included. If a child is identifying with a gender that is not in accordance with their biological sex, parents also ought to be notified. So imagine the situation where a child has basically They've come out right mm-hmm. in their local yeah. school. I'm identifying with uh, with an opposite sex, or some. Maybe it's not even a binary gender. It's something completely different, and they're all over it in the school system. Well, now typically schools are covering that up. They are not letting parents know about it.
2: And Gavin Newsom and his entire party are going ballistic over this.
0: Completely ballistic, in fact, uh, during policy deliberations and one of these notification policies, the first one that was passed was the Chino Unified School District. Mm-hmm. and during deliberations, um, they had public comment. And so this typically happens in school board meetings, Joe is uh, George as you're very familiar with, where um, the board members themselves will introduce a topic and then the public is invited to comment. Well, on this particular occasion, the month before they actually decided on the measure, Tony Thurmond, who is the state's Super. superintendent of schools, <gasps> flew down to publicly upbraid the board and warn them against
2: passing this measure. Did he use public dollars to come down and do that?
0: I think he did. In fact, I'm quite sure he did. So, um, Fortunately, George, he did not prevail on the board. In fact, they have a very courageous uh, assembly of board members led by the president of the board, a woman named Sonia Shaw. In fact, she's become a national figure as a result of the interactions with Tony Thurman. Not only Tony Thurman, but as we're going to get into, um, our state's attorney general as well. So what happened at this board
2: meeting? (laughs) Well. Tony got up, and he started to get booed by the crowd, and he went over his time. And so they had to shut him up and tell him, move out of the way, the next person.
0: It was so great to see. (laughs) I mean, for some reason, he thought that he was immune from the Brown Amendment and that he could go past his three minutes, which he summarily started to do. And he was escorted off the podium, which was great to see. Um, So they passed. This board. But not surprisingly, the state's attorney general, um, Rob Bonta, immediately filed an action in uh, state Supreme Court, actually in San Bernardino, for what's called declaratory injunctive relief. Mm -hmm. So basically, he was saying, okay, we're suing you, and court, we want you to put an immediate stop to this policy going into effect. So this is really the first salvo against many school districts now who have implemented this policy.
2: So what's interesting for me, Mark, is that, let's see, Nordstrom is leaving San Francisco. Uh, Most of our big cities in California are facing crime and homelessness. And yet Tony Thurman has the time to come down for something like this. And then Rob Bonta takes the power and the resources of the state's Department of Justice and is going after school board members like this. They have much bigger things to be doing.
0: And this is at a time, George, when the literacy rate in California is lower than what it was in 1840, before the imposition of compulsory public Say education. what? So I think they've got their priorities a little bit askance, yep. I, I think. But um, the good news, George, as you well know, is that, Uh, Other school boards have not been deterred from passing similar policies. In fact, to date, seven school boards now throughout the state of California have passed these parental notification policies, which is such fantastic news. But as you would expect, uh, particularly in the Chino Valley uh, area, the board members and particularly the president of the board, Sonia Shaw, she has been affected by incredible media vitriol, yeah. even death threats Wow! against herself, members of her family, and even her pet. So th- th- this is public knowledge. So uh, the other side is really out there vehement against parents getting to know about what's happening to their children in the public school so, education Mark, system.
2: One question that I think parents would probably want to understand before we dive in to a little bit more of the details, the lawsuit that Rob Bonta put out. Is that against all seven districts or just one?
0: That's a very good question. Actually, the way the law is set up with regard to these school districts, these are local school policies. So no, it does not apply to these other districts. They are going to have to file suit against every single school district. And they they probably will. This is probably going to happen. Now, these school districts will probably be joined into one lawsuit at some point in time because they're all so very familiar. But to get started, he's going to have to file suits against all of them.
2: I'll bring it on, Rob Bonta. We as parents are ready.
0: So, George, I guess the question is, and as we state in our article, what's behind California's hostility to parents being apprised of their children's gender identity? And we think it stems from two central presumptions. The first one being that non-binary gender identification is an essential good that must be encouraged. This is the position of the state of California, and not just California, but other progressive states as well, that are enforcing uh, these kinds of policies in the public schools. In fact, as stated on California Department of Education's health website, this is a quote, gender and sexuality are on a continuum. They are often fluid, and they do not fit into categories. And George, this belief is not only state orthodoxy currently in California, it goes back over 20 years.
2: And that's what most parents don't understand. And at every one of our conferences, Mark, we always put up the slide of the last 20 years of laws that have changed in California. And this is one of them.
0: Yeah. I mean, we often say that change happens gradually Mm -hmm. and then suddenly. And that's exactly what's happened here. So for people that happen to think that Where did all this come from, this animosity toward parents and this belief that all of a sudden children have a right uh, in the public circle to identify with whatever gender they want to and make it have legal effect? Where did this come from? Well, I think we should probably go down the list of where these laws started to be passed.
2: Yep. So in 2000, in the year 2000, gender was redefined in California's education code to include, quote, one's perceived identity, appearance, or behavior, whether or not it is different from that traditionally associated with a person's sex at birth, end quote. And this is from AB 537.
0: In the year 2000. So that's a long time. That's 23 20. years ago. Well, seven years later, George, uh, schools were required all of a sudden to teach that gender is a choice, and that acting otherwise is a form of legal discrimination. That was Senate Bill 777.
2: And then on top of that, in 2013, the passage of AB 1266 required that schools open their bathrooms and changing facilities to students who identify with whichever sex they want to on any given day. I mean, this is how ridiculous it is. So this is... From 2000 and that gradual, but then sudden that you mentioned, Mark, that sudden change, 2013 was a flip of a switch.
0: Flip of a switch in this AB 1266, the infamous bathroom bill. The language of that bill and subsequent guidance that the California Department of Education has given around that bill has caused a storm of legal controversy, uh, including in the case filed by Rob Bonta. Well, George, um, two years later... The Orwellian named California Healthy Youth Act, AB 329, was passed, mandating that subjective gender identification be advanced in the public schools, starting in middle schools. And, George, as you know, this was the precursor to the founding of Protect Our Kids. That's why we started this ministry.
2: Yeah. And and three years after that, actually, they took that same AB 329 and applied it to all charter schools. They did indeed. In 2018.
0: Yeah. So uh, if you go to our website, you will see that we talk about what we call the triple threat, this three-pronged harms to our children, the first one being sex and gender theory. Well, it comes from AB 329. That's where it started in California. Well, what happened in 2021?
2: Well, this sudden change gets worse, and it goes downhill very quickly. What is called the Menstrual Equity Act, AB 367, became law in 2021, requiring that tampon dispensers be placed in what used to be boys' bathrooms. Ew. Yeah,
0: unbelievable. I mean, it's hard to even imagine that this kind of thing is taking place. That was 2021, so now we're getting into more recent history. And and the following year, state Senator Scott Weiner, a Democrat from San Francisco, pushed through another infamous bill, SB 107, making California the first gender-affirming care sanctuary state, which means that California now can presume to take custody even over out-of-state kids that come to California to receive medical treatments to start the transitioning process. Say what? Talk about Orwellian. Yeah. And George, of course, it doesn't stop there.
2: Well, that change will continue today because currently sitting on the governor's desk are a quartet of bills uh, that will force the state's teachers to acquire LGBTQ cultural competency, uh, which is ab five. And allow a professional person, whatever that means, because nowadays even drag queens are professional people, uh, to decide if parents should be informed about trans medical interventions be, being performed on their children. That's AB 665.
0: Uh, another one uh, that's on his desk is a law that would prevent school boards or at least limit school boards severely from r- removing. Overtly Sexualized Graphics and Narratives from School Libraries, that's AB 1078. And finally, there's a bill on his desk that would characterize parents who refuse to support their kids' subjective gender identities as a form of child abuse. That's AB 957. And George, unless Governor Newsom vetoes these bills... These are all going to go into effect within 30 days.
2: Parents, this is a big say what moment, because if you haven't realized this or not, the state of California has declared war on you.
0: They really have, George. Um, So this is presumption number one, that uh, identifying with a gender different from your biology is a good that needs to be advanced. Uh, by state and national law. But there's another presumption here, and it's this one. On matters touching sex and gender, the state has authority in a child's life, not parents. In fact, the aforementioned SB 107 and the quartet of bills that will soon become law in California make this very plain. In fact, during debate, George, uh, in the Orange Unified School Districts proposed A parental notification policy. Uh, Opposing board member Chris Erickson made a statement that we want to key up in a video. Now, this has a particular relevance to you because you attended that board meeting and your comments during that meeting, George, and her response went national. In fact, it was featured on a Fox News segment. And I think it's important that we play that segment now.
2: The way that this has been pitted uh, one side against the other, I think it really behooves us to ask ourselves the most fundamental question, which will help us understand why this board policy is needed. And the question is as follows, whose children are they?
1: That is the question, whose children are we talking about? I mean, these are not the state's children. These are parents' children.
2: While parents do have expansive rights, and they should, They don't own their children, and they can't dictate every single aspect.
0: You go on our website and uh, play that clip over and over again if you want to, to hear those chilling words and uh, share that with your friends. Chris Erickson, I guess, to some degree, you know, has a point. But George, aiding and abetting transition to a gender that offends a child's core biological structure It's something different in kind.
2: Mark, that was such a deep, evil moment in that school boardroom. Mm. I was speaker 59 of 60. Right after they closed public comment, they started deliberating. So this was, she started speaking less than like 10, 15 minutes. She was ready for this. She was ready for this. When she made this statement, there was this gasp in the audience Like, parents who were there couldn't believe what she just said, what came out of her mouth. It was so, so pure evil.
0: This is the position of of the state of California now, including in their lawsuit, George. And, uh, you know, not that it matters, because in California, it's the state now that presumes to decide what is in a child's best interest. Any objection, according to our attorney general must be motivated by pure animus on the part of parents and others, because as he states in his complaint against the Chino Valley School District, quote, the board's plain motivation in adopting the parent notification policy was to create and harbor animosity, discrimination, and prejudice toward those transgender and gender nonconforming students without any compelling reason to do so. So says he.
2: Compelling. It's the parent's best interest to know when your child is suffering from gender dysphoria. You
0: think? (laughs) Yeah. And the truth is, George, as Rasmussen and others have pointed out, there's a clear majority of parents that favor these policies. They want to be told about what's going on with their kids. But school districts that have passed them have had to muster their courage because California still is a tough legal neighborhood for anyone daring to resist woke sex and gender ideology in the schools. Because aside from the Attorney General's action against uh, Chino Valley, this last July, Eastern District Judge John A. Mendez granted a motion to dismiss with prejudice a lawsuit that was filed by parent Arroyo Regino against the Chico Unified School District Superintendent for secretly facilitating the social gender transitioning of her then elementary school-aged daughter. In fact, the court never denied that such transitioning was occurring, only that Ms. Regino's rights as a parent did not extend to the circumstances of the instant case and that the state's action in keeping her in the dark does not, in his words, shock the conscience.
2: Say what?
0: And, George, we've often talked about the Fields versus yes. Palmdale School District case in 2005. Um, this is a case that the ACLU often uses to bolster school officials who want to deny to parents their constitutional rights because in that case it said that parents are possessed of no constitutional right to prevent public schools from providing information on that subject to their students in any forum or manner they select.
2: Say what? Parents, did you guys just hear that? This is absolutely crazy.
0: Well, George, in the face of such obstacles, uh, one can hope that courage is contagious and that more school districts will stiffen their spines to mount a defense against what Elon Musk has aptly called a mind virus. And that's exactly what it is. And we do have some very good news, because on September the 14th, the U.S. District Judge Robert T. Benitez issued a preliminary injunction coupled with a scathing legal rebuke against school officials in Escondido who had ordered teachers to hide a child's gender dysphoria from their parents. The decision, is, of course, is going to be tested mm-hmm. with the ultimate legal determination uh, awaiting a ruling from the nation's highest court. In the meantime, George, those opposed parental notification policies should ask themselves this question. What new insight has arisen, spiritual, moral, or scientific, to suddenly justify telling kids that they were born in the wrong body. Because George, unless there's a credible answer to that question, state officials should stay out of the gender grooming
2: business. Amen to that, Mark. That that is the question. And there is no new data. Everything is just mere bullying by these state officials and by even progressive, you know, judges, you know, on the courts that are making these kind of, you know, really crazy, uh, rulings. And I can't wait for these cases to go to the Supreme Court. So that way we can reverse, um, everything that's happening, even the Fields versus Palmdale, you know, case out of the, out of the Ninth Circuit. We have to find ways to reverse just crazy dumb ruling.
0: Well, Judge Benita's, uh, ruling is, was so refreshing and provides language that provides the platform and grist, I think, for future contemplation by the high court. In fact, it's so important, George, that next week we're going to dive into that ruling and talk about it more. But in the meantime, I think we've run out of time.
2: Well, that's all the time we got for today. Thank you for listening. Um, if you want more information about POK, please go onto our website, uh, www.protectourkidsnow.org. We have a brand new website that's been refreshed, easy to find information. You can download our brochures and share those. You could watch our videos. Uh, they are very short five to ten minute long videos, Prager You style for those that are familiar with those five minute Prager You videos. We also have a great resource page where you can download a booklet on 10 steps on how to start an alternative school either in your church or with a group of people uh, in, in your local community. Um, If you want to invite Mark or myself to come and speak, you can hit the invite the speaker button. And if you'd like to donate to support our ministry, you could do that as well. So thank you so much for continuing to listen to
1: Say What. We'll talk to you next time.